You know, it's the mm -hmm. hearts and minds campaign of trying mm -hmm. to get everyone to think a little deeper about what they're purchasing and what's going on and all the decisions they make. You know, that's yeah. what it's really about is educating people and helping people become aware of the things as they come up and um, just helping to build a better world through that. And how that's always been a part of our company is education as well as making clothes. And it's never been one without the other. And yeah, never will be. You're listening to The Good Dirt Podcast. This is a place where we dig into the nitty gritty of sustainable living through food, fashion, and lifestyle. And we're your hosts, Mary and Emma Kingsley, the mother and daughter founder team of Lady Farmer. We're sowing seeds of slow living through our community platform, events, and online marketplace. We started this podcast as a means to share the wealth of information and quality conversations that we're having in our world as we dream up and deliver ways for each of us to live into the new paradigm, one that is regenerative, balanced, and whole. We want to put the microphone in front of the voices that need to be heard the most right now. The farmers, the dreamers, the designers, and the doers. So come cultivate a better world with us. We're so glad you're here. Now, let's dig in. Welcome, Good Dirt listeners, to this week's episode of The Good Dirt, and happy Earth Day! Happy yeah. Earth Day, Mom. Oh, thank you. It is it is a happy day. So we're really excited about this episode. This is one of my favorite ethical clothing brands. People ask us all the time, you know, what are some good brands? Where should I shop? Who's doing it right? And Conscious Clothing, if you're not already following them, not aware, such a great company. And I have been a big fangirl for a long time. And fun story about this interview specifically, <laughs> I actually interviewed them exactly a year ago. And, you know, we're on 80-something episodes, Mom of the Good Dirt. And we've never <laughs> had any dramatic casualties of any audio files, but this one. So the interview that we did last year somehow disappeared into the yeah, ether. I, yeah. But Doug and Rose Phillips, who are the founders and CEO, COO of Conscious Clothing, are just two of the most gracious, generous, real people. And they were totally cool about it. And we redid the interview almost a year later, which is crazy. So that's something fun about this one. So as we highlight this company, you know, we're always saying it's hard to check all the boxes in sustainable fashion that, you know, you have to choose certain issues that you're going to concentrate on. But in terms of a company that is addressing these issues, they're the ones that check most of the boxes of any that we know. So yeah, like all possible boxes, I would say. We think it's really appropriate to feature them not only on Earth Day, but at the conclusion of Fashion Revolution Week. And if you're just now um, tuning in and you're not aware of Fashion Revolution Week, I encourage you to go listen to the bonus episode that we dropped on Monday. That explains all about Fashion Revolution. And Emma and I talk a little bit about our own personal fashion revolutions, what that movement is and what it means and what it's about. Really good stuff, y'all, as you say, Mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I also will mention, and they mention it in this interview as well, but... Conscious Clothing has a big sale 
on Earth Day every year, which oh. is sweet. And y'all should get in on that. Uh, I have their short jumpsuit and their long jumpsuit. And in the summer, it's like all I wear. They're so well made. Best material. So no shame in just having this be a full-on commercial for Conscious Clothing because we just love them. And we love them as people. They're so amazing. Conscious Clothing is an organic fiber clothing manufacturer with a mission of adding value to people's lives through beautiful clothing made in the U.S. with the best organic materials for a healthier life and planet. Listen in for a glimpse into the journey of a husband and wife team growing a family and a vision of sustainability in the clothing industry through all the challenges of life, a pandemic, and a cancer diagnosis. So Rose is living and surviving with a cancer diagnosis and her work is just so beautiful and I just really appreciate the the love and the power that she puts into what she's doing and they're an incredible team so I'm so honored to share this conversation with you guys. and as always we hope that if you are enjoying the Good Dirt podcast whether you're you're new to us or you've been listening for a while, we really appreciate you being here. We hope you'll share it with your friends so we can share the good dirt even more. And we have officially crossed 100,000 downloads this week, which is a huge deal for us. And we have a lot more on that coming up. We, we really want to yeah. celebrate the growth of this show. And we're also approaching 100 episodes, which is cool. So 100 episodes, 100,000 downloads. Not bad. So we hope you enjoy this conversation with Doug and Rose Phillips of Conscious Clothing. This kind of all started when Rose was looking for organic kids clothing for her young ones. And there was just nothing available commercially on the market. And so she sourced some organic materials and made her own stuff. And then family and friends started seeing it and going, hey, this is great. I want a pair. And that's just kind of how it grew. And it grew and grew some more until she opened an Etsy shop and started offering it. And uh, we grew a small base of loyal people and just kept going from there. And then I kind of came into the picture a little bit later, oh, about 12 years ago. And I came from a, a woodworking industry backwards. That's the industry here around West Michigan was uh, lumber and furniture. And so I had kind of a business sense and she needed better photography. And I was selling stuff on eBay and she's selling stuff on Etsy. And I had a whole lighting and backdrop set. And boy, as soon as we started doing more professional photography where you could see things better and present them better, then things started really taking off. Well, then next thing you know, we you know went from a small facility in the front of the house to uh, building a studio behind my wood shop. And that's the facility you'll, you'll see on our webpage um, that's up today. And yeah, and now, you know, we've grown this to another step in size. And it's been great because we've had this genuine outreach to people in this campaign of keeping everything a genuine message and for a good reason and made with the best materials and, you know, paying people good money to do it here in the U.S. And that's a slow growth process. And and that's the world we want to be yeah. a part of and build on is, yeah. um, you know, people like 
you guys and people that want to mm -hmm. do the right thing for the right reasons. And that's where we're at. And I feel so lucky for yeah, everybody that supported us. And yeah, mm -hmm. then we just get to hang out together, you know, me and the love of my life here and, and make culture. It's Make great. Love. Yeah, it's a beautiful life. The whole thing. And your studio is so beautiful. For anyone listening who hasn't seen pictures, it's just <laughs> dreamy. I love it when you post pictures of when there's yeah. snow outside. Yeah. I mean, all seasons, but it really just looks like a little slice of heaven to be able to work in. And great yards. I mean, we just walk over from our house. Yeah. Here and... Yeah, it's a thirty-foot commute to work every day. No traffic. And, uh... <laughs> Pretty great. Yeah, it's just Amazing. wonderful, and, and I'm just so lucky to be able to live this kind of a life and offer the things we're able to offer yeah. to people and it's really a treat and I'm just really so thankful for everyone that supported us. Yeah and also just really good business that you've been able to sustain. I mean I'm sure it hasn't been easy but that's I mean being business owners ourselves and watching our last conversation we talked about a lot of sustainable brands that we admire and just seeing you know it's so easy for them to not yeah, make it. It's just so tough just trying to be a small company in a world of mega companies. Yeah. That's like this whole thing is about. That's like what Lady Farmer is about. Yeah, absolutely. Really. <laughs> you know, and, and about real connections. And uh, boy, we, we've just kind of been actually dealing with this a lot lately in the world of marketing. And I like a genuine connection. I mean, Emma, we found out about Emma because she was a customer. She found us somehow, loved what we do and reached out to us. And here we are talking today. And that's the kind of connections in the world I want to be a part of and that Conscious Clothing wants to be mm -hmm. a brand that, you know, that, that's where we relate, you know, and then you've got the world of marketing and it's always tough for me to go between this wanting to expand the message of well, conscious enjoying. purchasing and organic clothing and all the reasons we do it and being genuine and true to who we are and I don't want to collaborate with people just because oh we we have a green blog or whatever and and you look at their stuff and it's kind of disingenuous mm -hmm. and so I, i've been pretty picky about who we choose to do things with and uh, just wanting to be genuine you know in a world of yeah. monetary uh based decisions you know we're gonna market with these people because we're gonna get x amount of customers based on they're following and we're just kind of not about that. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you saying that. And just if I can reflect back, like it's working. I mean, from my perspective as a customer, well, I would say except for the dang Instagram algorithm where I literally feel like I don't see things I like, care about anymore. When I do um, see you or seek you out, it does come across that way. Very genuine. And I know the people that you're photographing are people, you know, mostly because yeah. you told me that, but also yeah. you can yeah. just tell but it's like people in your community and all of your, I just learned this word. We're going to sound so smart. UGC, user generated content, <laughs> like the sure. stuff people post. All of that is so great because your customers are so oh, great absolutely. naturally, I think. Yeah. And anyways, just want to like reflect that back to you. Oh, yeah. You're doing a great job. As you're talking, I'm thinking this is where capitalism can work. We talk a lot about how in the sustainable and regenerative space, I mean, 
can we even do it in our right. system where everything, you know, the bottom line is everything. And I think that's a big question, but you know, companies like you guys that you cultivate a loyal customer base because you have a great product and your product means something. It has a mission. It has a meaning besides just selling Absolutely. something. It does good in the world. It is sustainable. It is regenerative and all those things. And it is working. So I find it, you guys, a very, very helpful example of what things can be but it's crazy how much you have to fight for that like even just by saying like that's something it's a daily you betcha yeah and there's 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 such a crowded marketplace and it's getting more crowded with greenwashing everybody yeah we want to talk about that oh and it's so hard to watch everybody else talk about how they are but we actually are Yeah. yeah i know we send out a blog post just email to um some of our customers and uh, it, I'm working on one right now where we're talking about exactly that, you know, the greenwashing and just, you know, these huge claims from companies I've never heard about. It's really funny. A paper catalog shows up in my mailbox and on page one, it says the first brand founded on a total commitment to sustainability. And here it is on a paper catalog. Yeah. And I'm just thinking how many of these got printed and all the toxic inks and how they're all going to get thrown into the trash within a month. But you have to be a conscious consumer and actually use critical thinking and look at this and go, okay, here's this brand and they're sending me a paper catalog. And, you know, there would be no more paper Mm -hmm. catalogs Mm -hmm. ever sent if the economics were not there and it made dollars and cents to mail paper catalogs. So there's the motive of this company right there. Not a total commitment to sustainability. There's a commitment to a profit motive right there. Yeah. Back to the paper catalog, what we hope we're cultivating in people and, you know, the podcast and and everything we do is when you're confronted like that, a red flag goes off. And I don't think, you know, most people really aren't there yet. It's just that the collective consciousness hasn't reached the point where that's going to set off an alarm, maybe even to give whatever company it is, maybe some credit. I don't know. I mean, surely they know what they're doing. I mean, geez, you remember the Sears catalog. Geez, the thing was two and a half inches thick. You know, we've come from this world of doing it the wrong way. We're trying to get to a place where we're doing it a better way. And this is just what is. So so again, it's critical thinking skills Mm -hmm. that we're trying to impart in people to look at this and then do what you can do to change it. What can you do? You know what you can do? You can go online and say, please stop mailing catalogs to me, to this company, or please remove me from your mailing list. Mm-hmm. I know who you are. Mm-hmm. I will find you online and, and shop that way. Mm-hmm. That's a huge component of this is dealing with where we're coming from and then trying to espouse the virtues of where we want to go. Yeah. yeah. And being clear about why, why don't I want your catalog? Because I don't want that stuff in my house. I don't want you using the resources that it takes to send it to me. I don't want to participate in this and just like really clear and sometimes sound kind of, you know, strident or whatever. And it's like, why are we putting to your point, mom, those resources Mm -hmm. there? That's right. It's the profit motive and that's what's clear to see, but it takes critical thinking to get to that point to go, why are they sending this to me? Oh, it's because sending catalogs is proven to make money. So 
that's the motive as they're saying oh we're the you know we're built on sustainability mm -hmm. and then you know so here we are with where we've come from and where we're trying to get and all along that way we're having all these half measures and things that seem like a good idea uh perfect example is, a, is another bold statement from this paper catalog that showed up saying how their new blazer is made from a blend of recycled polyester from raw materials like plastic waste bottles well i don't know you know i i like the idea of recycling plastic into deck boards or lawn furniture something big and solid i don't know that shredding it up smaller into microplastics and then putting it through the wash and distribute it in through our waterways is really the best way forward. So now we're we're at this point this of half measures where hey we're we're doing this and we're recycling plastic bottles but mm -hmm. Now, that you have to wash. Yeah, so now we got to live through this. And how long yeah. is that message going to take to get out? You know, I wish everybody could hear this podcast and yeah. hear that right now and stop buying clothes with plastic in them because they're sending microfibers into your waterways. And into your blood now, apparently. Did you guys see that? Yeah, that article came out a couple of weeks ago. Now it's like in yeah. everybody's bloodstream. Sure. But Doug, I'm so glad you said that. That's a big bugaboo of mine. Oh, I love hearing you say that <laughs> so much because not only about the microplastics, that is, at least in my mind, the knowledge of that is either mainstream now or getting into the mainstream, or it should be. People are talking about it a lot more than they were like two or three years ago when we discovered, oh my gosh, your yoga pants are yeah. spreading microplastics everywhere. It just seems now that it's, it's way more common knowledge. But the other thing is this, in the consumer mind, when they see those labels that say, oh, this is made of recycled water bottles, this is keeping this out of the ocean, they go, oh, good, I can buy this and I can feel okay about it, microplastics yep. aside. But to me, all that does is continue the green light for the industry that creates Absolutely. plastic water bottles. Yeah, yeah, they don't get a pass. Like they don't that. get a pass because those things are recycled into things, including clothing that end back up in our bloodstreams and the waterways. It just is no Absolutely. good. It's not good. And when do we start having to buy water anyway? That's a mm -hmm. ludicrous idea. So the whole thing is just so not good. I love hearing you say that. Please, listeners, think twice before you purchase a garment that says it's made out of recycled water bottles. There's many yeah, reasons absolutely. not to. Absolutely. And, and we're seeing a lot of that right now. And it's, again, yeah. it's this point in time that we're at where it uh, sounds like a good thing and we're starting to realize it's not a good thing at all. But it's at this point in time where they're still touting it as a good thing. So you know, we need to mm -hmm. wisen up and do it quicker. And pretty hard to do that with the rat race world we're all forced to live and in and up. the magazines shut up and everything's kind of yeah. a blur and your kids hollering for something oh that's other magazine they say they do good stuff and they're built on sustainability awesome yeah. you know it just kind of comes in one yeah. ear and out the other so that's the point where we all have to make conscious decisions and use critical thinking and us as providers of information and content need to continually cover these topics and reintroduce these concepts and topics and help people really get that into their vocabulary, into their mindset, into the way they make purchases.
Yeah, I really want to come up with a phrase or something. The really discerning consumer, not just the conscious consumer, but the one that is willing to penetrate that, you know, veil of what the commercial is telling us or what the ad and even be even more up to date on recent findings, such as we now have microplastics in our blood. Thank you. Or we have plastic in our blood because of the microplastics. But what do you guys say to the person that says, well, isn't it better that I buy that fleece jacket made of recycled plastic bottles than the thing made of polyester from China? What would you be your response to that? Don't buy either one. Play oh, yeah. Goodwill, there's about 20 of them there. 100%. Yes. <laughs> or buy- Absolutely. Choose a natural fiber. And and again, that's, you know, the, uh, yeah. the long road of education and the uh, Hearts and Minds campaign, which we have been on for 20 years now been a company for a little over 20 Mm -hmm. years we've been doing this amazing i just think it's really incredible and you just kind of sticking to your i think the word is integrity you guys have real integrity that not a lot in this industry or in this field really and just perseverance because lady farmers started out we were designing and manufacturing clothes and we sort of veered off more in this communication and education space because we couldn't sustain that you know we couldn't scale up to the point where it was doable and here you guys have done it and not only not only your product but your you know as we just described your work environment the community and it's all these different levels of sustainability which I think you're in a very very small club actually that can check so many of the boxes we always say you can't check all the boxes um I don't know which ones y'all haven't checked, but let's go through this. (laughs) You touched on it right there about that scale and the speed. And, you know, the way that we've done this, we've been able to stair step to the next level. Because, again, when you're trying to do a positive thing that isn't this profit motive thing that's going to blow up overnight and now you've got all these scaling issues and you you know you hear these stories of these products that, that that's a common story and but this one you know we've been able to oh it's getting a little busier now we figure out how to manage that and a little busier the next year and we figure out a way to manage that so that's been a beautiful thing is that we've been able to stair step and slowly scale this Mm -hmm. and been able to handle it as things go forward and not be so overwhelmed and you know you mentioned all those check boxes and I think some of the ones I'm proudest of would have to be the situation with our sewers we've got sewers that have their own industrial machines and we've helped our sewers get them we'll just provide them with them and then you know they can pay them off slowly and they're able to have industrial machines at their home and then we just send a bin of cut materials with a card clipped to it of what it is and the next week they give me a bin of completed items and I give them a new bin of things to sew so now here's an opportunity where people don't have to get in the rat race and be someplace by eight o'clock nine o'clock and Child care. Find child care um, and all those things. Yeah. And then, oh, well, you know, we have a, a wide range of sewers. We have moms with kids at home that that's the scenario. One of them that wanted to be a part of this so much that the cost of daycare on three kids basically balanced out to what she was making sitting here sewing. And I said, that doesn't make sense for you. It makes sense for us. We're getting work done. 
but that's yeah but let's make this make sense for you and i set her up with machines at her home so now guess what she's able to live a more autonomous life (laughs) at home with the kids there and now is actually making money and you know able to keep an eye on her little ones and you know we have an an uh, older woman that has a duplex with her elderly parents next door and they need to get to appointments and hey now she can live her life take care of her parents and make money what a beautiful thing and then covid hit and well guess what everybody They're, wanted to be home, wanted to be home. <laughs> yeah. and there was really no you were in the already road. doing it yeah <laughs> prepared for it so that was one really cool thing so i think that's one of my proudest checked marks is how we're able to you know, we worked through COVID. We worked through COVID and are able to give people an autonomous life and still make an income. And I think another one is the way we handle our waste. When we cut through a run of products, we take all the usable, sizable scraps and we put them into a maker's box for people because there are so many cool things that can be made from these pieces of material that would otherwise be thrown in the trash. And as far as I know, I believe we're about the only company that does that, takes the time to do that, take the waste, collect it, sort it box it some other smaller sewers do as well which is great yeah that, that's amazing you know anything we can do to keep stuff out of landfill so that's another thing uh, i'm really happy we do and excited to offer that because all of a sudden we get these amazing pictures of what oh, people come sir. up with yeah this oh my gosh somebody made this Blankets. beautiful quilt that was a sunrise over the mountains of all the scraps oh, wow. of different colors of our material and i was just oh my gosh and, and to see people's creativity is so cool. Do people order that from you? The sewer's box? Yeah, it's like an add-on when you buy something. I have one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Emma. How much does it cost or is it? I don't remember. I think they're like 35 30 or 35 Yeah, that's so box. brilliant. But it's a no-brainer because... Oh, that is it's like brilliant. The, the fabric is well, it's such good quality. It's such beautiful colors. Yeah, and colors it's such people. like easy inspiration mm-hmm. because they're just they just like are what they are. And it's hard to like unless you have a bunch of scraps from your own projects, which my project scraps end up really like not being very usable or like I kind of like a lot of pattern stuff. So I don't know. So I really I really love my makers. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. I want to see what you made. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, the making culture is kind of catching on and quilting and all that sort of thing. So more people need to, to know about this, I think. Yeah. yeah. We only have them, you know, when we get to kind of critical mass and the bins get full and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. time to get some boxes. made up. And then so we'll, <laughs> it's a big operation, takes a couple days and we'll get everything sorted and packaged. And then it's like, all right, they're available. And then they go real quick. Oh, that's incredible. Back to y'all's setup. So it sounds like you have a lot of people working at home. You still do have people in the studio, right? What does that kind of look like, like day-to-day just operations? Day-to-day, we have uh, some help with packaging. And then we've got Rose and I, we're basically to keep up with the sewers. So I hang out in the wash room washing. Mm -hmm. I pre-wash every piece of fabric that comes through this place. We have a large 62 inch wide ironer that all the material runs through. And so then after that's done, it goes over to the cutting tables and there's three of them, large cut tables and Rose and I roll out and cut things and we have a little help with that. And then we've got a lot of marketing going on that 
we kind of our marketing people they're remote as well but they'll come in and we'll talk and talk of okay what are we going to talk about and what's important right now and uh, and they'll do video around yeah the do a lot of video around the studio just to show the place and because the process and the whole process because that that's what people want to see yeah. what we've learned is people want to see the process and they want to see where we're doing it and how we're doing it and I, and I love sharing that and then it does make it difficult when people are all at home sewing so we have a new collection coming out we'll have all the sewers come in for a big meeting and just touch base on here's all the things and we'll go through each one and do a demo on how they're done so those are the days where we'll have all the chairs filled and uh, you know oh, the place is buzzing and then so we'll yeah uh, HQ know, <laughs> yeah, we'll try to get some uh, images of that when everyone's here and it looks like it's really bustling. But really, most days it's pretty quiet around here. You know, it's really okay. cutting and keeping Sasha up with cutting. things. And Sasha does a ton of cutting and, and works on marketing stuff. So it's a lot of that storytelling and talking about what's the important thing we want to talk about today and our messaging. So that's a big part of it. And Rose is working on all the new designs and new things to come. And so that's kind of how it looks. It's so exciting when you guys have <laughs> new designs coming up, but it's also amazing how steadfast and timeless your, all your current designs are. And they're just so versatile and they all work together. It's really amazing. Yeah. I'm pretty amazed that some of the things that I designed like geez, six, seven, eight years ago still sell like crazy, you know, like there's mm -hmm. nothing like it. And it, that's really cool to me. Yeah. Oh, it just goes to show you, you don't need 52 different yeah. designs a year. <laughs> you need a handful forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And our stuff is designed to kind of slip into your existing wardrobe and be those staples and those base pieces. Yeah. Only now they're made out of organic materials, you know, and mm -hmm. made ethically here in America. And they're also made to last, yeah. which is a really important thing with us too, is that he's ironing everything yes. so that it doesn't shrink later, but just making sure that, yeah, everything's made to last and there aren't pins in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to hear about your fabrics and where they come from and how you source them and talk more about that. Just tell us anything you want to say about all that. It comes from all over yeah. and it is such a global world as we find out with things. We're yeah. like, okay, well, and it all, a lot of this all kind of was exposed to us through COVID because of supply shortages. Because, yeah. you know, you're like, hey, mm -hmm what the heck, where's the fabric? And they're like, well, this is going on and it's going on because this is going on over in this country. And yeah. so you just follow the dots. And from what I've learned, it looks like a lot of cotton comes from India. And yeah. then because the labor to manufacture mm -hmm. it is so cheap, you know where it goes next. It goes to China. Mm -hmm. And yeah. also because uh, of the hemp regulations, they're okay with it over there and so a lot of the hemp material comes from there because of those you know restrictive laws which have recently been loosened here in the u.s but still getting that system up and going is not there yet we're a long way away also yeah. i will say just because something is like manufactured in china doesn't necessarily mean that it's not completely ethical and right. like Absolutely. a wonderful factory Absolutely. Yes. I mean, that's kind of a buzzy thing to think about, but as consumers who I'm sure listening to this podcast, everyone really wants made in America and as close to home as possible. Having been clothing manufacturers for a brief stint ourselves, we can say that is 
so hard, if not impossible. And when it is possible, it is so outrageously expensive. Absolutely. Not only for the people making it, but then of course for the people buying it. So really the best, the best we can do right now is go to the places in the world where the supply chain is established and they are getting these fair trade certifications and it's a right. it's a good place to be manufactured. And then just all down the line, ultimately, as you know, it gets to you guys and the the clothes are sewn here, which is still a big domino. <laughs> yeah. I mean People might get a mindset where it, you know, it has mm-hmm. to be USA or it has to, it, or even like it has to be organic. And if you could talk about that too, like organic is great and preferable and the ideal, but there are other things like right. naturally grown or sustainably grown right. and other kind of designations that are good as well. I want you to talk about that a little bit. And also alternatives to conventional cotton. And why do we want to do better than conventional cotton? If you want to talk about that a little bit. Oh gosh. Well, the conventional cotton is so water heavy to be grown and it's a Mm -hmm. huge resource. (laughs) So we tend to not use conventional cotton. We do use organic cotton where we right now have a company that we order from and it's 100% organic cotton and it's from America, which is Incredible. Like you, you just don't find that. And here's why it's important. Number one, the pesticides they put on that stuff oh. on conventional cotton. So a majority of cotton is grown in the Texas area. And it's no coincidence that the largest brain cancer hospital is in Texas. And that was because so many of these Mm -hmm. farmers were developing brain cancer after using these chemicals. And there is a great film that everybody should watch. True Cost. The True Cost. Where they talk about this and how a woman started her organic cotton co-op down there after losing a husband to these chemicals. So Mm -hmm. that's a major component of it for us. Now you've got people getting exposed to it, but on a larger level, now the stuff's washing off and into the waterways. Yeah. And what else is it affecting? It's affecting the guys spraying it with brain cancer. I can't imagine it's that good being in the water and on the ground. So yeah. that's the main reason we are using organic cotton. And you know, we we try to use mm-hmm. it in conjunction when it's woven in a 40-60 blend or a 45-55 blend of hemp and organic cotton because now you're using a product that it's super sustainable, way less water consumption in its production. And it lasts longer because the fibers are, yeah. When you grow hemp, you can, yeah, it grows like a weed. So yeah. Yeah. And hemp is super durable too. And isn't it like also like antimicrobial and it's amazing. It's amazing. It really is. And we were having this conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago, how the organic cotton's really wonderful and soft and everything. But it, when you blend it with hemp, you're really increasing the durability and, and the life of the product. You know, socks, socks yep. are a great example. <laughs> so I also want to communicate to consumers that we encourage people to try to wear and buy natural fibers. And of course, cotton is a natural fiber, but be aware that the conventionally grown cotton, like when you see in a label of something, it says 100% cotton. That means all these things yeah. we just talked about. Right? Do you guys use any hemp linen blends? No, we don't. I'm trying to remember if we ever ran across that. Or a hemp. Do you use any tencel? Like a lyocell? Temp- We've used it in the past. It's and then, nice, uh, but I've heard the water production on that is just really awful. 
Yeah. So we, we yeah. stopped. I think it's one of those that's kind of greenwashy too. It's yeah, definitely, absolutely. I see so many brands saying this is the best is made from eucalyptus trees. And it's like, but the process to get yeah. it there is really toxic. Really toxic. Yep, absolutely. And that's kind of why we just yeah, we went away from it. Lot. And then also the fact that nobody knows what the heck it is and they, yeah. you know, and, if we, and if we're not in a store and we don't have a brick and mortar shop where they can touch it and go, wow, this is amazing. It's kind of hard to uh, tell them what it is and, and, and you can't feel it over the internet. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it had some complications, but the main reason was, yeah, the way it was produced is why we walked away. From People it. get super excited about bamboo too because yeah. it's like oh it's made from a plant and it feels so good and, and yes it does but the guys by the time it's been processed it is not we don't consider Absolutely. it a sustainable yeah. fabric and that just yeah. takes mm -hmm. education that just takes people hold on a minute yeah it's a plant oh that well that was just yeah the bamboo that was just another one that we um we got away from you know we used it for a minute and yeah, it was super soft. It, it didn't hold up as well as our mm. cotton stuff by any means. And then once we found out, you know, how it's actually mm -hmm. processed, we're like, yeah, I think we're done with this. Yeah. So, so we walked mm -hmm. away from that, you know, and, and something else you got to consider too, we're in this capitalistic environment where all these companies are looking for the, the lowest cost country, the LCC and you know and how do they find them why are they low cost how do they find them well it's because they don't have the regulation in place like that so that that's the problem there is the nature of this capitalistic system that is continually looking mm -hmm. through an industry lens to lower the cost of something and they do that by going places that there's no regulation and cutting costs yeah i was having that same thought when you said about the pesticides running off into the water and it's like they don't have the government regulations in place, you know, in yep. those more developing countries. And then that's why everything went offshore, you know, or it's part of the equation, obviously, because we don't want that mess here. So we just offload it to other parts of the world. It's just such a twisted situation. Oh, absolutely. We have a, it's unofficial. It's mostly just me talking, but <laughs> I like to get people asking, why is this so cheap? Yes. Instead of why is this so expensive? Because when you talk about sustainable clothing, that the first thing people go, why does this cost so much? And so we always, you know, we're always like, oh, because of this and this and explaining, explaining and all, all of these factors that are going to make the consumer, if it's really sustainable, the consumer is going to have to pay more money. So let's just flip that over and have the consumer asking, why is this dress yeah, yeah. $12? I love Good that. Idea. I love that. You know, the, I wish you would have been in the booth with us, Mary. Uh, there's so many times at shows where, you know, first of all, you get the old guy, oh, hemp shirt, can I smoke it? You know, okay. yeah. <laughs> Every, you know I've heard that. Oh, one oh, yeah. Time. yeah. And then, but then the other people going by, oh, $180 for this. What is it made of gold? I love that comment because mm -hmm. now it's an opportunity to say, yeah, well, here's the why yeah. and the how. Yeah. And especially with people now so outspoken about systemic injustice and social inequality and all these things. And 
every one of us make decisions every single day. Everything we use and everything we pick up, every product is going to have some sort of relationship yeah, to that. And we're talking about cultivating consciousness, cultivating the critical mind, critical thinking. What am I using? Where did it come from? What humans were involved in this? What materials were involved in it? How does this affecting humans, the planet, my own health? It's pretty complicated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here I am talking, I'm realizing anyone listening to this probably yeah, turn it off because it's too much to think about. <laughs> well, that's right. You know, and it comes to this point, it's like, you know what? I just wanted the dress that made me look good. Okay. I didn't yeah, need that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I know there's just so many things and so many layers and it, and it comes down to, there's just a, yeah, so many components going on on there and all this, and and it almost relates to everything we're experiencing as a culture, and and uh, even politically and commercially, and um, you know, so that you get these corporations and politicians. It's just like when you know a fascist tries to come into power as somebody with overly simplified answers for very complex questions and and uh, yeah. things that are going on. And, and for some people, it's just easier to go listen to someone and go, oh yeah, they sound like they know what they're talking about. And I'm, now I have a workable construct of reality and we're gonna go with that, you know, but it, it, it does, it takes, uh, you know, it's the mm -hmm. Hearts and Minds campaign of trying mm -hmm. to get everyone to think a little deeper about what they're purchasing and what's going on in all the decisions they make. And then trying to bring that back to a more topical scenario of trying to find a dress that let you look good in. So I saw this quote on Instagram this morning and it really stuck with me. I think this pertains to what we're talking about right now. It's Alan Watts. Do you guys know the intellectual philosopher <laughs> dude? He says, the task of a liberated person is not to scold the world and preach to it, but to delight it back to its senses. I love it. So I think maybe we take a moment <laughs> instead of talking about everything bad. And this, we can use conscious clothing because we're talking to you guys as a touch point. But like the delight of every aspect of the process of ordering something from you guys and then wearing it and just looking at it. Like, again, everything we've mentioned in this episode so far. So thinking about all of the people, yeah. all, the wonderful community of hands that touches this fabric, you guys, Rose's brain that it came from, and then ordering it and then thinking about Doug. I didn't know that you like washed all the fabric. So Doug standing there like switching things over. Then it all gets ironed. Then it gets sent to someone's home and sewn. And besides all of that, it's also like really cute stuff that I wear. I that backyard that. jumpsuit, I wear it every day in the summer. <laughs> I wear the heck out of it. And I've had it for, I think I've had it like for three or four years. And so far, no holes, I don't think. I'll have to check, but I don't think any holes. And when I do get a hole, I have my maker's box of patches that I can sew with it. And so, like, all of those things added up. Like, it is truly a delight to engage that way with my clothes. And I don't feel – I'm not doing that out of guilt. I'm doing that because I'm choosing this, like, more delightful mm -hmm. way of being and shopping and it's really there's like nothing like it emma i'm that's flattered so nice, emma. yeah that's it that's it in a nutshell right there that's the feeling we're trying to share around <laughs> the world right there yeah and it's obvious that i'm not the only one once you start down this path or rabbit hole or whatever you want to call it of being mindful and paying attention to the stuff you wear and use and eat 
too as well. And you, you start really, you know, getting below the surface of it and learning about the greenwashing and making your way through all the marketing and going for the truth. It is a delight when you find the products that you can feel really good about. And I'm not just saying that from a sense of a a do-gooder kind of attitude. It's not that. Yeah. Not the same satisfaction as posting something on Instagram and saying, look what I'm doing. And I think you need to pull from that source of joy to help guide you through all the nonsense and the BS. And, you know, I, so many things yeah. in life seem to be uh, the golden rule. You know, does it feel right? Does this yeah. seem like a good thing, mm-hmm. you know? And when you get those little senses in your head, like, oh, polyester jacket made from shredded up plastic. But I, I don't know, you know, cue into those intuitions. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. Cue into those things and maybe think about it uh, for a second. Uh, Is that really a good thing? Boy, I don't know. You know, listen to yourself and, uh, and follow that yeah. joy, you know, in trying to do the right thing in, in all the aspects of your life. Yeah. And like this t-shirt might be $7, but I bet the person that sewed this physically, you know, what was their day yeah. like? That kind of thing. Just really kind of thinking more, just going a little deeper. And it's not that it takes more time. I guess it's more like a rewiring of the brain or something. But talk to us about the Hearts and Minds campaign. What is that? Yeah, well, well, again, and that taking off from where you're leaving off right there, you know, I feel that is a luxury for so many people to even be able to think that way. And I totally get that. You know, so many people's Mm -hmm. economic situations around the world are, Mm -hmm. yeah, won't even allow that to be a part of their reality where they're at it's yeah not an option not a choice Mm -hmm. so for each of us who are lucky enough to be in a position to you know have these deeper bigger conversations and meanings i i mean that's a around our clothing. Yeah, that's a a blessing, geez. Yeah, that reminds me of something else that we like to emphasize is that if you are in a position of privilege to actually have that choice, then that choice then hopefully you will see that as a responsibility. Does that make sense? It's like Mm -hmm. I could afford the, a person saying a $7 t-shirt versus the organic cotton one that was made by someone that's paid well. And so if you are able to support the more responsible thing, then I would just like to suggest that you consider that more of a responsibility than a choice if you're in that position. Yes, and not a responsibility that's a drag either. Like, ah, oh, gee, now I got to, you know, go out and... Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. lucky. Right. Yeah, you're lucky, and, and, and it should really be a joy to fit <laughs> in with everything that you're trying to do anyway. Well, it's kind of a, a way of wealth distribution, right? Like, that's... If the idea is to spread it around, then... That's what better way to spread it around than to receive, than to get something yeah. awesome and support something awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that brings me right back to what we were talking about with uh, marketing, you know, and, and, and how I, you know, on one hand feel like, hey, if you were in the right circles enough to even find out about us, then yeah, you, you, now you know about us. Now you can buy stuff from us. And, yeah. and, and that's genuine. And that's awesome. As opposed yeah. to like, you know, just. Uh, getting a marketing firm to put a bunch of catalogs out and, and you know, try to bring people's and it's about the numbers. And uh, yeah, so that hearts right. and minds, it's really about being authentic and all the things you do in your life and what we're trying to do, live our best life every day. Yeah, heck yeah. So what I'm just curious, what are some of your most popular styles that sell really well? Any pants. 
any pants. Any pair of pants that we have, they sell. And they have pockets, so. <laughs> and they all have pockets. Yes, pockets are very important. Yeah. Yes. The backyard jumpsuit is real, real popular, which is great. Yeah. We have it with sleeves. We have a short version. So that's been yeah. cool. I have the short version and the long version. Yeah, also coming up, spoiler, we do have a new line of some activewear stuff coming, which was oh. one of our top sellers. And this is wonderful material. Is it stretchy? It's stretchy. It yeah, is stretchy. Wear. It is yoga wear. Well, we call it yoga. I kind of say it's active wear. Yeah. So because we've got like leggings, biker shorts, bralette. Oh, oh. Mini tanks. Mini tanks. Yeah. Now these were all things that we were making, but we wanted to kind of up things a little bit and change yeah, the construction. So we've pulled them for the last year, and so now we're kind of reintroducing them. And it is a uh, yeah, really hemp nice. organic cotton blend with the lowest amount of stretch that we could find, which was four percent stretch. So mm -hmm. it's uh, hemp organic cotton and four percent of instead stretch. of like a hundred percent instead of 98 percent yeah. stretch and a little bit of cotton in there so yeah. um, you know so it's it's the least amount of that we could find for this type of material so is that it was it's uh, spandex or lycra or or are those just brand names i don't even Correct. Yeah, that's all the, yeah. the same kind of thing. It's so uh, yeah. You know, if you want to have it's something with elastine. a uh, yeah, something with elasticity, it has to have elastine in it. And so yeah. you know, this was the I know. alternative. It is funny too if you try to do it without elasticity. Like we experimented. Buy it. Well, nobody buy, it, but also it's weird to wear like your knees kind of stick yeah. like <laughs> You get a lot of it in your knees, yeah. and like they're gonna discover a, an organic one or something soon, <laughs> or a yeah, wouldn't that be great? I know, or something with rubber from a rubber tree, wouldn't yeah. that be great? Yeah, I, I have to say, I also have a pair of your leggings from whatever last time you did that, and those are great. So yeah. it's the same yeah. fabric but different construction. Different yeah. construction, yeah, an updated construction that updated that... seams mostly. We've got like a okay. overlap seam and gussets, so it's just for better fit and longevity. Yeah. Yeah, and so you know the way we had done them in the past, just a four corner seam in the crotch mm -hmm. of it, and people that are really active yeah. would sometimes have an issue uh, with. Yeah. The and so, so this gusset down there will eliminate any issues. You could be Spider-Man and they would work out great. So <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. But that was a huge seller for us, which we're excited to get yeah. reintroduced. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What kind of dyes do y'all use? We use low impact natural dyes when we do are dying. We barely but, die uh, anymore. Now, Sometimes we do when when it's yeah. sunny and nice out, which is yeah. not. Yeah, or we're doing a special run, but honestly, it labor intensive. It's labor intensive, and this thing just grew to a size that we couldn't keep up with it. Number one, and number two, at that scale, all of a sudden, if you've ever worked with dyes, you will know minor fluctuations in the yeah. water coming out of the tap that day will drastically change oh, I know. the color. Yeah. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, you know, hey, this doesn't look like it looked on your website. And well, no. you're absolutely right. It has four <laughs> shades different in fact. <laughs> we do use usually a lot of like powdered Dharma dyes because mm -hmm. fixative on those is 
also pretty easy. So we use easy and more environmentally friendly yeah. than the other toxic options. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we try not to do it as often, but that's what we do. And that's a tough thing. And, I, and now I, I feel a lot better about it being done at a professional place where I know that all the water, we have it done at a place out in LA when we do dine. And there is a fantastic water treatment system that that city has, which that's where any factory, they're plumbed into the wastewater treatment plants of whatever municipality mm -hmm. they're living in. And they have a fantastic system out there. And I feel way better about the city of LA's municipal system handling that wastewater mm -hmm. than when it comes pre-dyed from overseas. And you don't know what's going on there. And we've all seen the huge plumes of indigo dye being released directly into the ocean or a river. And, you know, so I, I feel way better about it being dyed by a professional production house here in the U.S. where there's regulations and the uh, proper facilities to handle that wastewater. Yeah. So not to dwell too much on hearts and minds, but... Can you give like a soundbite, like just what is it? Is that your guys' personal campaign or is it what? It, what is it? Just like so we can frame up what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think that phrase kind of came from uh, General uh, Storm and Norman back in the uh, Iraq you, War yeah. days. Uh, <laughs> I think where I pulled that from of, you know, trying to win the hearts and minds of people of a country to, to you know, think the U.S. are good guys as we're rolling through their towns with tanks. But um, <laughs> I, you know, for me personally, in our message, hearts and minds is that education component of everything you're talking about here, of trying to get people mm -hmm. to be mindful and thoughtful when um, they're making a purchase. And it doesn't have to be some big over-the-top you know, thing. It's just putting together the knowledge that you have of how the world is and the way it works and trying to make a decision when you're standing in front of that $7 t-shirt versus the $38 made in America with organic cotton one. And, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, that's yeah. what it's really about is educating people, number one, uh, on uh, all those important details and helping people become aware of the things as they come up like the uh, polyester sport coat made from recycled materials and how that's not a good thing and so it, it really is education and um, just helping to build a better world through that and how that's always been a part of our company is education as well as making clothes and it's never been one without the other and yeah, ever will be, you know. Awesome. Has there ever been a time where you feel like you guys have sort of veered off something like that? And maybe it was you thought that's what you were supposed to do, or and you know, it's really hard to balance all these values in this like sure. current capitalist system that we're in. And you're trying to figure out how to grow your company, and maybe you make some yeah. choices, and you're like, wait, that's not what. And has there ever been any of that? Well, I think uh, right yeah. now when we send our yoga stuff to be made because we need the help. And then a year later, we still don't have it back and the company is dissolved and, you know, it's oh. just a mess and trying to get our product back has become a mess. Well, I, I think too, something that we've veered into in a, in a very touchy subject because it's, it's personal, it's with people and it's with adding extra sizing to 
yeah our clothing runs that that was probably a major one where we veered off because we had such a vocal outpouring from people for more inclusive sizing and we yes. responded to that and you know maybe larger companies are better able to adapt but for us it's very difficult because now you're talking about redesigning a pattern so with clothing you can run a pattern from an extra small up to an extra large, maybe a 2X on certain pieces and run the same pattern and grade it to the next size up. As soon as you get beyond that, now you're, you have to actually change the shape of that garment through different techniques of patterning and sewing, mm -hmm. for example. So now it's a whole nother process and it's so here we go. We veer off on this path of adding extra sizing and everything's going great. We've well, got three and four X and now well all of a sudden, too. absolutely. Yeah. Very well accepted. And then now all of a sudden you've added three and four, but where's the five and six, yeah. you know, the, uh, the vocal outpouring for us to do this just wasn't matched with the sales. Now we've invested right. all this time, energy and work. We've got the patterns, we've done it. Yeah. And we barely sell them, although they are available. They're there and yeah. we have plenty of them in stock. And, you know, I say we're trying to meet yeah. people with where they're at. Mm -hmm. So I'm proud to offer that extra sizing in our lines. And I think it's important to have. And, you know, so that, that was a really interesting thing because it got, it got really personal for a lot of people. And we saw that there, there really is a lot of uh, hurt in the world yes. involved with that. And, you know, and, and just, just a lot, it went deep. It's one of those things where it's really hard to grasp if you don't really understand the process of making clothes and clothing construction and yeah. a much less yes. dramatic yes. or much less heavy topic, I would say would be pockets and clothes because people love to say, oh, nothing ever has pockets. Nothing ever has pockets. And it's like, well, have you ever made a garment? Have you seen, do you know how, do you, have you ever priced out fabric? Do you know how much like a few extra square inches of fabric times however many units you're making can it alters the sure. cost amazingly and of course it makes so much sense why in fast fashion there would be no pockets because it takes more time and material sure. so it's just like people like to place the all these like feelings on things and it's oh, like actually sure. it's all as my <laughs> grandfather always says it all runs into money we've talked about this this great conversation how does this all relate to the good dirt for you in your eyes? Gosh, I would have to think in just the uh, cultivating of great relationships with you guys and conversation. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I hope that this all just grows into uh, a learning experience, some topic or some level for your listeners out there. And I think this is really important stuff because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's about everyone's life and place we live and we all share. We all need to uh, be a little more conscious of things moving forward and in any way possible. So I'm so glad you guys are here and being Me a part too. of spreading the, the good word yes. through the good dirt. And uh, <laughs> I, just, I love what you guys are doing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. And before we close, and is there anything else that you want people to understand about? Yeah conscious clothing and you guys and your work 
You've said so much good stuff, but anything you want to like leave people with? Yeah, something we care about and want to yeah. want to shine a light on is Earth Day. With Earth Day, we always have an Earth Day sale every year, so our Aprils always turn into insanity. April and May. Yeah, so then that kind of sustains our making for yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're actually working with a brand right now, and they plant trees for every package we ship. Oh wow. And- Oh, I totally forgot about this. Pay yeah. them to plant trees on our behalf, which is yes. really great. And so then everybody can feel like, hey, I bought this, but to offset my carbon footprint, they're planting a tree for us. So we've been doing yeah. that for almost a year now. Yeah. Oh, cool. And that's just yeah. a continuous thing. And, and again, that education yeah. kind of thing. So that's why we do it. And that's been like our biggest thing every year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, things kind of ebb and flow, but uh, we're, we're just a small company trying to do the best thing possible. You oh know, my God, yes. Clothing. We're just a small company. Please be easy on yeah. us. <laughs> I guess, and I know and yeah. against the, the Amazons of the world. Oh my and, uh, Some yeah, people don't realize who they're shopping yeah, with. Yeah. Yeah, number one, there's <laughs> actually a human being answering that email on the other end. And, and yeah. we also need a weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But really, our customers are great and they're really great. And I think they've also helped spread the good the good dirt that's what it's all about you know i think i think it's gratitude is just what i want to the note i want to leave on is gratitude for everyone who's uh, been a part of this and bought from us and talked about our stuff and to a friend and um, that's just a beautiful thing so thanks everyone yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for taking time oh, with us. Absolutely. Again. It was great. Yeah. It's always great to talk to you. It's been really a great conversation. Have a great rest of your day. We love Thank you all. You Thank you, you so you much. Too. Thank Thanks, you. you guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Good Dirt Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll share it with a friend to spread the good dirt. This show is produced by Lady Farmer, a slow-living lifestyle community, and the original music is composed and performed by John Kingsley. For more from Lady Farmer, follow us on Instagram at WeAreLadyFarmer. That's WeAreLadyFarmer. Or join us online at www.ladyfarmer.com. We'll see you next time on The Good Dirt. Goodbye.